Matthew 28, and we want to just cover a few verses here in which we read in verse 1, it says, Now after (coughs) the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Here we have the account on that morning in which uh, the woman discovered that the tomb was empty and that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. You know, one day uh, we're going to die. Everyone here, we're going to die. We don't like to think about it. You know, unless the Lord raptures us, we're all going to die. Um, Are you going to beat it? You know, the thing for us as Christians is that um, we are following the one who has beat death, who has conquered the coffin, gutted the grave, uh, defeated that thing we call death. And, you know, he gave the sign. He said, well... You know, this is the way that you'll know I'm the one to follow. I'll die, and three days later, I'll rise from the dead. And he'll say, and he says to us today, no one else has ever done that. And it's for that reason that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's for that reason that today we get together, we, um, you know, do a lot of cool things. Uh, It's so cool to see the little kids in their little suits, huh, man? They're all dressed up with their ties and the beautiful little girls in their dresses. As a matter of fact, you all look pretty and handsome today, you know. It's a special day. Even me, I very seldom wear suits, but uh, it's a special day. It's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. You know, and I was thinking, what are we doing, Lord? What are we doing here in the community center? Well, there's a few things going on. One is celebration, huh? Man, that uh, our sins are washed away. Is that a reason to celebrate or what? Big time. I mean, I know a lot of people, they celebrate more over a Laker victory than over victory over death, over sin, over the power and penalty of sin. Christians should be filled with joy. It's a day of celebration. It's a day of appreciation. That's what I was thinking as well. You know, because God came to us. God taught us. God worked. God died for us, God rose for us, and God even lives for us. Did you know that? You're like, Jesus died for me. Cool. He rose for you. Cool. He still lives for you. Did you know that? The Bible says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's the place of authority, and he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. I mean, it's a day of celebration. It's a day of appreciation. He came to us. He died for us. He lived for us. It's an amazing thing. You know, I was thinking today as Easter can also be a day of appropriation because the Bible teaches that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives 
in you. If you're a Christian, did you know that? You know, I know some of you here, you're already buff, man. You've been working out your whole life or whatever. You have just natural strength and you're strong. But man, if you're a Christian, you got to know that that power that rose Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is in us. And we don't have to be defeated by sin or addictions or drugs or depression or whatever it is. The discouragement, the supposed defeats in life, there's no such thing for Christians. You see, we can appropriate, the Bible says, the power of God, that I may know Him and the power of the resurrection. We were buried with Him and we rise with Him, you guys. See, that's what Easter is. That's what this day is. It's a day of celebration. It's a day of appreciation. It's a day of appropriation. It's also a day of rededication. Because the bottom line is, and I can share this with you guys because you're my friends, man. There's a lot of people, they don't come to church every Sunday, huh? They come to church, uh, um, you know, on Christmas maybe, Easter maybe, maybe a wedding here and there, a funeral every once in a while. Um, And, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening, life has its way. Our heart has a way of wandering away from the Lord. All of us, like sheep, we wander from God. And so it's a day of rededication. You don't have to just come, do the formality, go and live the same life any longer. You know, life shouldn't be that boring. Life should be a supernatural, miraculous life. And what's missing a lot of times is we have not fully surrendered to God. And so for some of you here, you know, don't feel bad. You haven't been here since maybe last year. Okay, listen, man. It's a day of rededication. God is going to give you the invitation. And if you want to get right with the Lord today, you can take a step of faith. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that he will never turn you away. That if you come to God, he will never turn you away. He loves you. He called you. He ordained this day as a special day. You see, it's a day of celebration, a day of appreciation. It's a day of appropriation. It's a day of rededication. And it's a day of salvation because maybe you're here today and you've never received the lord or it's never been real in your life or you know you're here today and you're living in sin and you're struggling and you're empty and you don't know what's going on and maybe you've been caught up in religion maybe you've gone been going to church your whole life but deep down inside of you you know that you don't know the lord you know we're not here to condemn you We're here to tell you that God loves you and that God can set you free and that God died for you. He rose for you and he validates that today is a day of salvation. If you don't know the Lord, it's not a religion. It's a relationship between you and God that you can establish today. He wants to plant seeds. He wants to water seeds and he wants to bring in a harvest. And so we look at our text today, and it's an awesome text. Uh, All of them are. But this one is so beautiful in which we see on this uh, Sabbath day, after the Sabbath, the first day of the week, which is Sunday, it began to dawn, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now this would be Sunday morning, just before the rising of the sun. Mary Magdalene, who seems to be leading the way along with the other wonderful women they travel to the tomb to finish anointing the broken body of the lord jesus christ you can picture them there the sun hasn't risen and they're heading towards the tomb 
Mark mentions Mary, the mother of James. He also mentions another gal by the name of Salome in Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Luke also mentions a gal by the name of Joanna, as well as other women in Luke 24, verse 10. And these wonderful women were there to anoint the body of Jesus. And they're not only faithful to the end, it's kind of interesting, they were faithful above and beyond what many would have considered to be the end. And therefore, they were used by God to break in this new beginning. You know, something that's interesting about this account, you guys, is that back in these days, the testimony of women was not considered to be acceptable. It wouldn't have been permissible in the court of law as valid testimony. You know, from a cultural perspective, their witness as women would not be reliable. And yet, think about this, yet in the most important witness in the history of the world, these women would be the first to see and say that Jesus is alive. You know, it's amazing to me. It tells me at least three things. Number one, they didn't make up the story. There's no way you would have fabricated this story. If you had made it up, you would not have made women the witness. If it had been the apostles, it definitely would not have been men who would have chosen women as their lead witness. Definitely not made up. The second thing it tells me is this, that God has elevated women to their proper place. You know, I love what Matthew Henry said on the proper place of woman. After she was made from Adam's rib in Genesis 2.21, Matthew Henry said, The woman was made of a rib out of the side of Adam, not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon him, by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm, to be protected, near his heart, to be loved. Of course, we know there's a spiritual order and structure that's maintained in a healthy and holy society, but we need to know this, that the Bible from the very beginning lifts women up to be esteemed, loved, and used greatly in the kingdom of God. We see that women are used by the Lord in a mighty way. You see, these women right here, and just, I don't know, man, to me, it just captures my heart, their faithfulness. Faithfulness to the end. Faithfulness beyond the end. And we need to know that God blesses faithfulness. God bless these women. In this case, we see clearly it wasn't just a random blessing, but because of their love for Jesus Christ and their faithfulness to the Father, they were blessed to see the reality of the empty tomb and the risen Lord. Psalm 31 verse 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. I'm encouraged by these women. But it's kind of interesting. We know in Mark 16, verse 3, that on the way they were having a discussion, but they're women of faith, and they were wondering, who's going to roll away the stone? <laughs> they says right there, who will weigh the stone for us? And we know that this was a big stone. It weighed somewhere between one and two tons. But look what we read again in verse 2. It says, that behold, there was a, a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Matthew is the only one who mentions the earthquake. 
here we see him mention it. He's the only one also who mentioned the earthquake at Jesus' death. Now, we're not really sure, but it appears that the earth quaked as a result of the arrival of the angel into the atmosphere. You know, we know this angel had some power. He was able to roll away the stone back from the entrance of the tomb, a tomb, again, a stone that probably weighed around two tons. That was part of his mission to move the stone. Another part of his mission was to move the soldiers. We read here in verse 3, think about it. His face was like lightning. Can you picture that? Face like lightning. Clothes were as white as white can be. And when the soldiers just saw the angels, they took one look at them and they were out. Fear struck them and the angel wanted it that way. But notice what we read next, the contrast in verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. You know, most of us know uh, that an angel is an envoy. It's a messenger. Uh, more specifically, we know that an angel is a messenger from God. This angel was sent to these women to allow them to see and know that Jesus was, that Jesus is alive. What these women experienced was an historical account. It wasn't fiction. It was fact. What we're reading today is history, the true elements of this event we refer to as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the bottom line is this, if you think about it, there was no way that death could hold him, huh? I mean, if you think about it in one sense, death never had a chance because Jesus is the essence of life. He's the only one who's ever lived and died and rose again, predicting it as well as empowering it, thereby proving who he claimed to be, God the Son, second person of the Trinity, and at the same time, validating his message, his ministry, and his men. He did that in the resurrection. These lovely ladies were selected to see the empty tomb and were then sent to go and simply tell the disciples that he had indeed risen from the dead and would be meeting them in Galilee. And so we read again in verse 8, So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. You know, a lot happened on that day. Um, we know, according to the scriptures, that Jesus appeared to five uh, separate occasions on that first Resurrection Sunday. And we know that as time progressed, he appeared at least five other times before he ascended into heaven. He appeared to his followers, his friends, family members, personally, sometimes congregationally, to over 500 people at one time, according to 1 Corinthians 15.6. But before all that, we see today these wonderful women as witnesses running to bring word to his disciples. And I was thinking about that 
And I just kind of want to camp out on that this morning, you guys, because here we are um, 2,000 years later in the Al Monte Community Center. Can you believe that? Here we are, man. How many of you here used to dance in this place when you were younger, just out of curiosity, man? Uh, that's what I heard. I've talked to a few of you here, you know, and there's a, a lot of different functions that take place and, and dinners and events. But today, this building is sanctified for God. This building today is filled with love. This building today, here we are 2,000 years later, is filled with life. It's also filled with death. And the one who makes all the difference is Jesus Christ. Here we are 2,000 years later. In one sense, we're doing the same thing that the women did back then. You know, we rent this community center, set up the sound system. We sing it, we bring it, we teach it, we preach it, we display it, we say it, we celebrate, contemplate, meditate, and radiate the same simple yet life-changing message that Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive, he's risen, and he wants to meet with you, just like they told the disciples there. Now, you don't have to go over to Israel, thank God. You don't have to go to Galilee, um, it's this place called Almani. And he wants to meet you. It's not just your head, although it's partly there. It's primarily in your heart. Jesus Christ wants to meet you there. He's going before you. He's going for you. It's not just a greeting. It's a meeting. It's not just once a year. It's every day until the day you see him face to face. I'm talking about the God who made everything. I'm talking about the God who never stops thinking about you. I'm talking about the God who knows all the aches and heartaches and everything you've gone through. The same God who makes this world spin and keeps it going is in love with you and wants to not just greet you but meet you, spend time with you. It's the same simple message the woman shared 2,000 years ago. He died, yes, he died for your sins. But he rose again to give you life. And life more abundantly. You see, there's no one like Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that this morning. He died for our sins. He was put in a grave. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. He guided the grave, defeated death. But he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you. And he did it for me. He did it for all. You know, it's interesting. We read here in verse 8, Notice it says right here that the woman ran to bring his disciples word. They ran. They didn't have Nikes back then, you know. Um, They had sandals, maybe barefoot. But it did not stop them from running with this message, right? And in that we see the urgency. In that we see the mysterious mixture. It says right there, notice again, they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. It's a mysterious mixture of fear and joy. On one side, kind of afraid of the pure, potent power of the resurrection they've just experienced. And yet, on the other side, the pure joy of the resurrection and salvation that He's alive that 
that we're alive, that he was dead and we were dead, but he lives and now we live. There's a fear, there's a joy, there's a mysterious mixture that we cannot explain as God's people sometimes. He lives and therefore we will live as well. Jesus said in John 14, 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. You see, we're doing the same thing the women were doing. We're running with fear and joy. Not to bring a religion about God to your head with a list of rules and regulations. No, we're running with fear and joy to bring a relationship with God to your heart. Rooted really in the longest list of all. I don't know if you know what the longest list of all is, but the longest list of all is all the ways that God loves you. That God loves you. That's the longest list of all. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 33, verse 3, yes, He loves the people. You see, that's the joy. That's what we're running to save. And He's always loved the people. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through in life. I know many of you here, you know, you know the Lord, but some of you here, you've drifted away. Why would you run away from the love of God? Why would you run? Unless maybe the enemy's lying to you. Unless maybe Satan, he speaks the same language, he's never changed his language. He's simply Lucifer, the father of lies. And God says, listen, I love you. I want to take care of you. I want to give you joy and peace and everything that's good in life. Bless your marriage. Bless your children. You may not be rich, but I'll take care of all your needs. You will not be empty. You will not be lonely. You will not be left desolate. I know this world is crazy, man, and the world that we're living in is sinking fast. But God, if you will let Him, will lift you up. And He'll put you on a rock and He'll change you. He's the only one who could change you. Your wife can't change you. Your husband can't change you. Your kids can't change you. Your parents can't change you. Your pastor can't change you. Only God can change you. But God can change you. And God can strengthen you. God can bless your life. You see, God wants to do this within our hearts. You know, He sees our sin. He sees the things that we're going through, can't stop using, can't stop choosing, losing, refusing to surrender our hearts to Him and His ways, to do what we know is the right thing. You know, we can't hide from God. He sees us. But the truth is, He loves us in spite of the way we are. But it's a love that when it's really received, changes us and it rearranges who we are. God will do the work. Because when you come to Christ, when you completely come to Christ, truly, totally, unreservedly, wholeheartedly, He sets you free from the penalty of sin, which is hell when we die, and the power of sin, which is hell when we live. Jesus Christ 
on that day demonstrated that He is Almighty God and He lives. He lives within you when you know the Lord. Don't believe the lies of this world that we live in. They say that you live and you die and you end up six feet under and then it's over. That's a lie. If you're honest with yourself, the Bible says He's placed eternity within your heart. The only question is, will you choose to follow the Lord? That video was kind of cool, huh? It was pretty cool, man. I, I don't Twitter or whatever that's called, you know, but um, I guess, uh, you know, people follow people. It's crazy. Why would anybody follow Lady Gaga? That does not make any sense to me. I have no idea why anyone would follow Lady Gaga. I have no idea why anyone would follow any man, why anyone would follow themselves. I mean, where were you when the earth was made? You see, Jesus from the very beginning, he made it very simple. Follow me. That's what he said. We read that over and over through the scriptures. You see, when you come to Jesus, sin no longer wins over your life. And he will then help you not win not only the war, but the battles along the way. Turn real quick over to the book of Acts 13. And we see a really, really cool sermon in the Bible. Look what it says in Acts 32. I mean, Acts 13. In 32, And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, and that he has raised up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he raised him from the dead. No more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Jesus' body, it didn't decay. He didn't allow it. It's because he raised him from the dead. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, and here it is, you guys, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Let me read that again. Through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, in Jesus Christ, the good news is that we have found the forgiveness of sins. Past, present, future, they were all laid on him. Forgiveness of sins is an awesome thing, found only in the blood of Jesus. But there's a couple of ways I think that we mess up. Number one, if you choose not to believe, you don't get it. If you choose not to believe, you don't get it. But then there are those who don't get it, and then there are those who forget it, huh? And we have to make sure that today all of us here believe in Jesus Christ. That in Him there is the forgiveness of sins. 
You know, it's interesting to me, the message that we're running to bring with fear and joy, it's a message to the lost, yes. But if you go back to Matthew, I want to make you guys dizzy. No, I'm just joking. If you go back to Matthew, it's significant that on the first Resurrection Sunday, who was the message geared towards? Look again at verse 8. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. On the first Resurrection Sunday, the message of forgiveness and freedom and power and life and love. On the first Resurrection Sunday, the message of Jesus was to the disciples. Why the disciples? Well, because they were kicking it in the upper room, huh? We know that's what they were doing. They were, you know, depressed and distressed, having been hit hard by the devil. They'd pretty much all fallen and failed the Lord. And so there they were in all honesty, reality, probably tortured, trapped. They probably wondered if all these years had been wasted. And yet they knew they had tasted the love of God, the Word of God, the Son of God, but now He's dead. So they said nothing seemed to make sense. They were dazed and confused and bewildered, but the interesting to me, thing to me is that it didn't change who these guys were. They were still the disciples. And, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world that we live in. And we can talk about our president. And we can talk about the economy. We can talk about drugs. We can talk about sex. We can talk about a whole bunch of things. But, man, if the disciples, if we, the church, the people of God, would come to where we need to be, out of the upper room, tripped and trapped and discouraged and depressed and distressed. And once again, like the day that we got saved, I'll never forget the day I got saved, the glory, the glory of that day. Well, see, the glory of that day should never fade away. We, as the disciples, need to believe in the resurrection. It's for all of us, you guys. You know, they were still the disciples, and the bottom line is God wasn't about to give up on them. And I'm here to tell you that He's not giving up on you either. He loves you, that's why you're here. But many of us are not what we should be. And the love of God will bring us to where we belong. It's time once again, and I think like never before, to follow Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus told the fishermen, follow me. He told the tax collector, follow me. He said in Matthew 10, 38, and he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Over and over again, that was a simple message. The day of decision when Jesus would say today, Follow me. He told the rich young ruler, get rid of the stuff that's getting in the way. One thing you lack, give it all back. You'll have riches in heaven if you would only follow me. That was a simple message. 
He said it in the beginning. He said it in the end. In John 21, Jesus told Peter, don't worry about them or him or her. Don't worry about when he's supposed to die. Be more concerned with how you're supposed to live. Peter, I love you so much. Peter, you follow me. And that's what God wants us to do today. You know, I read a story. It was a real interesting story about a gal. And she was filling out her application uh, uh, for a college entrance. And one of the questions uh, that they posed to her was, would you consider yourself a leader or a follower? And she thought about it for a while. And she said, you know, by nature, uh, I'm not, I'm not a, a leader but I have a feeling that if I put the wrong answer here, I'm not going to get in. You know, because the world today, they, they like leaders. They esteem leaders. You know, if you were going to come to a prestigious university, you know, you've got you to gotta be a leader. But she, you know, checked the box of honesty. She said, you know, I'm, I'm a follower. Well, as to her surprise, two weeks later, she received a letter of admission. And they said, we've received 35,000 applications uh, with men and women who believe they're leaders. We figured we might, you know, appreciate one follower, you know, in the school. <laughs> and, and, and she got in, and she got into the school. And, and in one sense, you guys, I know it sounds a little simple, but in one sense, that's kind of how you get into heaven. You know, if you want to, you can lead your own life. You can check the box that says, no, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. But if you do that, you will not find forgiveness. It's not my message. It's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to do that. All you have to do today is check that box on your heart that says, I'm a follower. I'm not a follower of a church. I'm not a follower of a man. I'm not a follower of anyone else. Today, if you would say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, then today he will set you free. You see, it's a choice to follow him. I read this poem. It said, One day there came along that silent shore while my net was casting in the sea a man who spoke as never before. I followed him. Life began in me. Mine was the boy, boat, but his the voice, his the call, yet mine the choice. Today is a day of celebration. I am so blessed that Jesus won, that we have a leader who has conquered death. Today is a day of appreciation. Lord, thank you for coming. Lord, thank you for dying. Lord, thank you for rising. Lord, thank you, Lord, for living for me. Lord, thank you for living for us. Today is a day of appropriation. God, I can't face this day apart from your power. I can't face a moment apart from your power. I want to be the man. I want to be the husband. I want to be the dad. I want to be the friend. I want to be the servant. I want to be what you made me to be. God, fill me with the same power of the resurrection. See, it's a day of celebration, a day of 
appreciation, appropriation, but it's also a day of rededication. And if you're here today and maybe you're a Christian and you've drifted away in any way, even in the slightest way, then today is a day of rededication. I'll use the word revival. You're not dead, but you need to be revived. And God is here to revive you. Christians, he spoke to you, to us, on that day. And lastly, it's a day of salvation. You know, rededication is revival. Salvation is survival. Without Jesus, without us humbling ourselves to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have no hope. But he died for you to make a way. And today my prayer is that you would choose to follow Jesus. To follow, to follow, to fall low, to humble yourself and admit on your own, you don't have enough gas to make it to heaven. Have you checked the gas prices lately? <laughs> I don't care if you got the space shuttle. You're not going to make it to heaven on your own. Jesus Christ has made the way. And today I pray that we would choose to follow him with all our hearts. Lord, we thank you so much. We're here, Lord, because you are so great. We're here today because you are glorious. We're here today because you are love, you are life. We're here today, Lord, because we want to ask that you, Lord, would do a new work. And Father, I pray as we celebrate Easter and all these different things, Lord God, that are going on, and we might go later and, and eat and have fun with the family or whatever it is, Father, I pray that we would do the most important thing, and that is give you our hearts. Thank you for the Christians that are here, that, Lord, they're walking with you, they love you, they're healthy, they're strong by your grace. Thank you for the beautiful work you've done. But Lord, I also pray for those Christians who maybe, Father, have drifted away, the disciples. Lord God, I pray that today they would rededicate their life. And Father, I pray, because you're the only one who can save us all, Lord, that if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you and who wants to find forgiveness, that right now you would speak to them and that today, Lord, you would save them from their sins. And as we're here and everybody's praying, eyes closed, we're going to sing a song, man. And while we sing this song, if you're here today and you want to rededicate your life, maybe you've done it before, but, but this time you mean business with God, I want you to come forward, man, so we can pray for you. And God will revive you. That's my prayer. But if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, then today, oh, we sing this song, man. You come up 
And as you pray this prayer of turning from your sins and trusting in Christ, then today you can know that you are forgiven of your sins and that you have life in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. It's the most important reason. Maybe your wife brought you, your husband brought you, your kids brought you, your parents brought you. It's because they love you. You give your life to the Lord, but ultimately God brought you. And you got to make a choice. Man, my prayer today is that many of you would choose to follow Jesus Christ. And so as we sing this song, you get up out of your chair and you come and stand right up here and you give your life to Christ. You choose to follow Him and you watch what God will do in your life. You come. Don't be afraid.